there aren't any shortcuts and we do it all, all at Syncoro. We were, I was involved in putting the stopper together down at the uh, factory and watching the first bottles get filled and making, you know, figuring out how many pallets were going to be on a truck. And, you know, and that's what, that's the experience I think you need as the CEO to be, to understand every aspect of the business. That's how success happens. From Entrepreneur Magazine, my name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high-achieving people. So on this podcast, we're going to learn what they've learned and what it takes to really succeed. Amelia Fazolari and Wick Grausbeck are not only owners of the Boston Celtics, but they are co-founders of Sincoro Tequila. Amelia is the CEO, and her partners in the business are several fellow NBA owners and even one big-time rival of the Boston Celtics, Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Amelia and Wick came on How Success Happens to talk about the tequila brand that continues to grow and grow. As a personal fan of tequila, I can tell you, Sincoro and some of their different tequilas are in a league of their own. Amelia and Wick shared a passion for tequila with Charlotte Hornets owner and probably the best NBA, not probably, the best NBA player I ever watched, Michael Jordan. Also, Milwaukee Bucks co-owner, Wes Edens. And of course, Jeannie. But Amelia, as you will hear in this episode, is definitely running point. Since launching in 2019, Sincoro has sold over 1.5 million bottles. It's an incredible story of rivals coming together and creating a wonderful product as one team. And although there are many partners, I had to start by asking Amelia and Wick, as husband and wife, if this was the first time they actually worked together in a business. The two of us? Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> we weren't <laughs> expecting to work together. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, the first time we worked together and our partners are, um, you know, we're all arch rivals. And so I think it's the first time this whole group has worked together. <laughs> it's pretty it, It's pretty amazing, the group that you bought together. And I will say, I once tried starting a business with my wife and it lasted two days and um, we tried, but... Uh, <laughs> but we're just trying to get through today. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. As long as I do exactly what she asked me to do, uh, I'm going to... Yeah, right. I learned that lesson a little bit late. It didn't work out on the business, but now I'm very good at that, Wick. So I totally understand where you're coming from. But I do want to talk about this incredible team that you built. And I want to talk about how this all started, because a lot of people will talk about starting things, brands, and especially that you all have affiliations uh, with the NBA and, and major roles, but how did it all come about this idea? Yeah. So it was, uh, it was really the summer of 2016. So Wick and Jeannie, Wes and Michael Jordan, uh, were all part, are all part of the labor committee, the subcommittee at the NBA, and they were all getting together in New York city for, uh, labor committee meetings. And I had suggested to Wick that, 
maybe it would be uh, great that he had a dinner with these guys and we, they could bond as a, a team. And, and Wick invited me to go along to this dinner. And so that was the summer of 2016. And we had all gotten together for this really fun dinner. We ended up bonding together that night and we bonded over tequila. It was the first thing when we met um, downtown. And I remember this distinctly, Jeannie and Michael, and it was the first time I was meeting Michael Jordan. They were sitting at the bar sipping tequila. And I thought, oh my God, okay, I can sip tequila. It's something I have in common with all these guys. And, and so we all started drinking tequila and we started to realize we all had a shared love for tequila. And uh, we had so much fun at that dinner that we decided that next time there was an NBA Board of Governor meeting in New York, we'd get together again and then again and then again. And so it sort of went on and on. Then we decided um, the next time anybody had tequila, they'd call the other people and we'd get together. Yeah. <laughs> but, so we, the next, the second dinner, we continued to talk about how much we love tequila. And and Michael actually taught us how to drink tequila. Um, you know, he kept looking at me and saying, don't shoot this, you know, sip it. And, you know, it's about sipping and savoring it. And we started to talk about what we wanted in a tequila. We wanted something that was super smooth and had a long, beautiful finish, like a fine cognac or a bourbon. And we, when we started to talk about it, we realized we wanted a very modern taste profile to the tequila. And we continued to bond as a team over tequila for several more months and talk about this. And then I thought, you know, this is what I kind of did at Bloomberg for a long time. I was I was at Bloomberg for over 20 years and I was tapped very early on as someone. I was given opportunities just to really start and run projects in different businesses under the Bloomberg umbrella. And so it was something very familiar to me. And um, this project of kind of looking at it and saying, all right, what's the opportunity in the tequila space? Again, this by now we were in 2017. You know, what's the opportunity, the competitive landscape? What do we need to do to make a successful tequila? So I put together a document and texted it out to my new friends and just started, got it going. I love that because we say it's like you'll talk about things, people will talk about things. And if they don't have someone who's going to go spearhead, and especially for all of you who have so many things going on, obviously you both with the Celtics and charitable organizations and your partners, you know, uh, Wes and Jeannie and Michael Jordan's like all over the world. But Amelia, it sounds like to me, you really kind of took this and said, let me create this. And how much time and effort and work went into really putting the entire plans together. And I will say you were definitely ahead of your time, I think, from what we're seeing now. Yeah, the tequila space has really taken off. I mean, it's actually crossing over um, and it has a faster growth rate than vodka sales at this point. And the ultra premium sector within the tequila category has been growing double digits for the last two years. It's been really on fire. Uh, I mean, we're finding that consumers are, even in this inflationary time are looking to drink high quality spirit. So there is still the trend of premiumization, um, which is great for us because we are a premium tequila and we are all about quality. And in terms of what it took, it was 24 <laughs> seven. 
It's been 24 seven since 2017, but that's, you know, the nature of a startup, you know, you're all in and what's, it doesn't seem like work because we're, we love it. We all love it. My partners and I, I run the company day to day, but it's a passion and it's all about the tequila for us. It's, that's always been our North star of the company. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced? There's so many spirits out there that will never get to a million and a half bottles sold and ones that you take a look. I happen to live next to a liquor store here in New York City and I might see bottles and bottles of like different vodkas. And but what do you think it it is or was that enabled you to really get the brand going and get it off the ground? Yeah. So that's a great question. And it it is a very crowded market. I think there are over 2,500 tequilas on the market today. And there seems to be another two or three that launch every month. Our approach has been extremely authentic. And when we got together, it was always about the taste and creating this delicious liquid. And in fact, Robert, it took us close to three years because, you know, we really kind of started the project late 2016 and, and definitely 2017 was a full go. We didn't launch until 2019. We created over a thousand tequilas to finally land on our taste profile. So for us, we wouldn't have launched had we not been 110% in love with what we were doing and felt all in. And everything stemmed from that to the liquid. Then we started working on the bottle, which is a whole nother story. And it's incredible. But, you know, for us, we created this liquid that we knew we loved and we were hoping the rest of the world would love it too. And so one of the first things that we did before we launched, we submitted our liquid in a generic bottle with a number on it to all the most competitive spirit awards, because we felt that we needed that, you know, the thought leaders to also weigh in on this. And we nailed it. We got double gold medals, innovation of the year, best in Yeho. We've at this point have close to two dozen medals across the entire portfolio, which is very unheard of. And we knew we had something special. And so then it was just a matter of executing, you know, building the team, empowering the team and, you know, very systematically going out there and, and and telling our story. It's one that is so authentic that I think it resonates with people because there wasn't any shortcuts. It's a lot of hard work. And the big satisfaction that we get is when people taste it for the first time. That's all we ask is that people try the first taste because you, as you, I think, were just saying, Robert, then you go from there. You know what you're going to do. You know what you're going to give people for the holidays. I've never seen a bottle of Anejo, for example, come into a party and not be empty. Someone brought a bottle of gin, it's not going to be empty. You know, it isn't. <laughs> a bottle of cognac, probably not empty. A bottle of Sincoro and Ajo, it's gone every single time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They bring the bottle of Cuervo and, and then they... <laughs> well, I didn't mention any editors, <laughs> but I just, yeah. But that's a really good point because to your point, I sampled it last night and I love, as I've said, you know, tequila, I started drinking in the past couple of years, that's why I was saying, I, I think we've noticed a big change in, in that spirits market. And you were certainly ahead of your time, 2016. But now I notice more and more people drinking tequila. Uh, there's so many benefits. Uh, first off, that that 
I love from a, a not getting hungover, so to speak, to healthier. But I will say after sampling, I definitely was drinking a, a lot of it uh, last night because it is, you know, and I, I was trying a few of them in the Reposado on the big, I mean, incredible. But I want you to talk about like those awards must have been really reassuring. And what I want to ask is, I assume you were all new to the spirits business. You've all had successful business careers and so many different things. But as we know, when you go into another business, those awards that you were getting must have meant so much to you. And how are you able to create such a great spirit? Well, Emilia should talk about how she created it, but I just have, you know, I jumped into the NBA at age 41. That was 20 years ago. Unfortunately, that's revealing an unfortunate age of mine, but you don't know if you're going to win a game. You don't know if any player is going to make a basket, you know, and and, and at the end of 20 years, we, we've got 998 wins now. We have two away from a thousand at the Celtics since I got there. But, you know, you have your wins and your losses, but you don't know what's going to happen. That's part of the fun. When I met Amelia, I literally did, before too long, say I... You know, I've been working my, for myself for a while, and I believe I see that in you. Not that I'm creating that in any way; just I'm I'm amazed at what you can do now that I'm getting to know you. And so, I didn't have any doubt that if she put her mind to this, that she, with these great partners that we have, could get that far. And she, you know, Michael tastes every batch with Amelia, and Jeannie works on this every day and promotes it. And it's official tequila of the Lakers, and Wes has been practically co-CEO, you know, in the early part, just a real mentor for all of us because he's bought 400 businesses and, and all of that. But we all felt like we would give this the best try we could. And we didn't know what would happen. We knew that we would like it. We wasn't, weren't sure that anybody else would. And then the final thing is about the awards. As I recall, Amelia entered these anonymously in the multiple competitions and then didn't, didn't say anything to anybody about it. And our next board meeting three months later, I didn't even know, I'm pretty sure. And she walked in and she just put up a, a covered overboard and or three or something on easels. And then she just said, oh, just a couple of things. And you did a reveal of oh, you know, gold, gold medals. medals and gold medals and gold medals. And it was just, yeah, it was I mean, that fun. was an aha moment for all of us. Yeah, it was, it was the, it was the day before our official launch, actually. Yeah. Which was really fun. Kind of fun to surprise yeah. the partners. Yeah. With that. And, I mean, yeah. that's our, a- it was our board meeting. Yeah. You know, what's really fun about our board meetings, Robert, is we have, uh, we have them about once a quarter in person and, uh, we always start our board meetings with the tasting. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope things get done after that, but they uh, do. it we, sounds we've like all, we've all managed to have developed quite a high tolerance <laughs> over the last few years. I know. <laughs> we're, we're hoping to have a tasting yeah. pretty soon here. If you want to have a little taste. Yes. Uh, I would love to uh, do that. And I, I want to talk to you when you talk about this team you put together on the, you know, and, and Wick for you coming into the NBA at 41, which to me is incredible. Like that you were able to do that at that young of an age and and really put your group together and then deliver on your promise of another banner. As I said, I always wish you bought the Knicks, but I'm not going to bring that up. I, t- I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but it, you know, it would have been nice. And but anyway, you delivered another a banner. You achieved that. And I'm so curious because 
your partners that you've picked are all great people. And, and, and I've had the great fortune of meeting all of them, except Michael Jordan, which I would love to, but I know that for the fact that, you know, when you look at the Celtics, big rival Lakers, right? Even the bulls and back in the day when they, Jordan came in at 63, that first round of the playoffs. And like, but what I love about this is that you said it's authentic and it seems like there's a real love for your colleagues and, Mm -hmm. and who you're working with. And it sounds like you're able to put all that stuff aside. That's all fun, you know, and for the fans, but how have you been able to do that? You know, I think Jeannie said it best, which is, you know, at the core of our relationship, there's a lot of mutual respect and love for one another that has really developed over the last five years. And, and because of that foundation at the core is we're able to come together as one team. You know, we are complete rivals, no question. I mean, during the NBA season, we sometimes we used to sit together. Wes used to sit next to me courtside and then we beat him in a round of playoffs and now we sit separate. It's like, well, I think it's because you are just too chatty with the refs. Well, I'm just trying to help in my way. Sometimes they don't see things. But anyway, we've been able to, we are rivals for sure, but come together. And the cool part about the group is that we're collaborators by nature. We're very team oriented, especially my partners who all know how to be part of a team and, and, and run teams. And so because of that, it's just very, uh, it's very seamless. It really is. I mean, it's, it, Sincoro is our baby and it's been definitely a labor of love, but it's just really brought us together and developed this incredible friendship. And we have so much fun. And that's really the essence of it. You know, it's so great because in life, that's just what it's about and so important and the friendships. And it seems like not only have you created a great spirits company and brands, but really you've furthered friendships, which goes a long way. And, you know, I want to ask you because with every business and every entrepreneur, there's challenges. And when you launched this, right, it's a year before COVID. And what were some of the biggest challenges you you faced? And was there ever a time where you said, maybe, maybe we've given it what we can? Never. No. Not even close. Not that. It's never going to gonna happen. May I introduce you to Amelia no. Fazzolo? I, I just, I, I, I think you, uh, nope. you just gave me, because no, Amelia, I get her now. Yeah, no, uh, we're, we're going all the way. Uh, we are going all the way with this. It will be a generational brand or I will die trying. There we go. Don't I die. love that. <laughs> um So, but the challenge is COVID was a huge challenge, right? And so we were very new. So we had launched in September, as I mentioned, of 2019 and in only 12 states. And so our plan was in uh, January of 2020 and that whole year to start opening up the rest of the market, the rest of the country. So here we were, February. I have my entire family. I'm Italian by background. And if you remember, COVID hit Italy first. And so yeah. had a little bit of an early warning. So I was very concerned about COVID coming to the U.S. and then eventually going to Mexico and what that would do to our business and in, in particular supply. So we uh, did a capital call 
And we doubled down on supply very early in 2020. And uh, we brought in uh, over six months worth of finished case goods into this country. Uh, we were the probably one of the only spirit companies in the industry to not run out of supply through COVID. And then it was about really keeping the team together. We had just hired a ton of people from some of the greatest brands in the industry. And I'm worried about them and their livelihood. You know, we've, you know, I interview every single person that joins us. And so I felt a big responsibility to keep the team going and keep everyone employed. Um, We were also very worried about our customers. We had just met like a lot of, you know, nightclub owners and restaurant groups and they were all getting shut down. So it was very emotional um, for sure. Um, so what we did was we over-communicated with everyone. We had internal meetings, company-wide meetings weekly, you know, and as before we'd have them sort of once a month. But we're on the phone weekly just talking about what people were feeling, uh, how to react to this, um, what was working in certain markets that we could replicate across the country. And so we, we really had... Um, from a sales standpoint, a very good year. Uh, we did open up the entire country through COVID. We did every, we pivoted to telemarketers and uh, we made it work. You know, it was just a very different scenario. We focused on the off-premise and we had a very good year despite all the horrific things going on. Yeah, have you started now with things coming back to normal and, and have been, as you mentioned, you, you started off-premise is on-premise a big push for you now? And yeah, and, and how are you doing that? And what's, what's your focus? Yeah, so on-premise is really a very big indicator of the health of the brand, right? And we've got a teams of people across the country that focus on um, the strategic accounts with the major on-premise restaurant groups, nightclubs. And it's about getting on the menu. It's getting a cocktail. You know, it's getting the brand awareness and the liquid to the lips. Because as Wick said earlier, once you taste it, you fall in love. Yeah, it's pretty incredible just from, as I said, from tasting and and seeing what you've created in terms of a premium brand. And I also noticed the the, the price point. There's There's such disparity because... I won't say names, but I tasted a bottle of another brand that was in three hundred plus dollars. Tasted yours at a much lower price point, and it was just as good, if not better. How have you been able to really price it at at that level and and with the quality that it is, and compete against those high end brands, and then also on the other side? kind of competing against the Casamigos' of the world. It seems like you're in a good spot. Yes. We set out to create an ultra-premium tequila. That was for sure the category we wanted to be in. One of the things that we aspire to do always is aim for the top and do things at the very highest quality. And between our liquid and our bottle, it was a high bar to get to this level of taste profile. As I said, it it took us quite a long time and we made over a thousand different blends, but I lost my train of thought. Sorry. (laughs) I think you were saying, you know, how did we produce, how do you produce this and how do you price it and how do you manage to bring it in? I mean, we age things two or three times longer than necessary. We hand select, we have our own proprietary. I mean, the whole thing is so custom crafted. It has to be at a price point of, 90 to 130 to right. 170 to 300 
but um, we also just want to give good value for what the people are being asked to spend. Yeah. And I think where I was sort of going with it was we wanted a, an approachable luxury. Yeah. And I think he definitely, that's where I saw it from the price point and having that luxury, especially now, I'm, I'm probably a, a good consumer for, because this is my price range. And also just in terms, I want a quality. I don't, I'm starting to drink a lot more tequila and a lot of people are, and they want to be great friends, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just, uh, I don't know how many cases I can order, but I don't know if it's good. Many. (laughs) (laughs) But really it's when you do taste it and you see, and it, it's that perfect sweet spot. I thought in the market, for what the market is now with tequila. More from our guests, but first, a word from our sponsors. Whether you need digital tools so you can bank on the go, or you need a one-on-one with an experienced business banker, with PNC Bank, you got it. PNC's business banking team is built entirely around the way you like to do business. Innovative mobile tools that let you manage your cash flow monitor your payments and more around the clock give you the flexibility that every business owner needs and pnc combines those digital tools with a team of business bankers who are ready to sit down and talk about the unique needs of your business and help you develop personalized strategies to move your business forward learn how pnc bank can make a difference for you and your business at pnc.com bank your way PNC Bank, National Association member, FDIC. And our next sponsor. As business leaders, our time is pulled in a lot of different directions. Maybe it's managing emails or organizing your calendar or even following up on projects. Saying no to those tasks could help you actually reclaim an average of 15 hours every week to say yes to the things you love. It's time to focus on your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. Belay has been helping busy leaders with their staffing solutions for over a decade. Belay intentionally pairs clients with virtual assistants, accounting, and more. Great leaders don't do anything alone. Find the support you need to delegate the details with Belay. Get the right help now with a virtual assistant from Belay. Text HSH to 55123 to get $300 off your startup fee for a virtual assistance when you schedule a call before August 31st. That's HSH to 55123 to save $300 and reclaim 15 hours every week. And we're back. Going forward with the company and and the different types of tequilas you have, Amelia, like you said it, like you're going to make sure this happens and getting from Wick and listening to him. I, and now knowing you, I totally believe it. What's your next steps with the business? Where do you, I know you talked about on premise, but it seems like you have in your head or on paper, wherever, like 
A hundred percent. Yeah, I could. I don't even know <laughs> you that long. To We're know. ready to go. <laughs> this um, thing is scripted out. So we have innovation is in our DNA, and you can see it executed in many different forms in our bottle, and and frankly, our liquid is is really an innovation in the tequila category. We are launching our fifth expression this fall uh, in a month. It's called Sincoro Gold. Are we breaking news here? Well, it depends. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. It's called Sincoro Gold and it's absolutely delicious. And it's uh, a hoven that is a blend of all of our expressions. And it's mostly our aged expressions. Uh, there's a lot of extra añejo in it. And it's in a stunning, stunning bottle. So it's going to be in market in uh, late October. Great. And, and we'll have a limited, we'll actually have a limited run of it. I just checked sales this morning and we've almost sold out of everything that we have coming into the country. So we're excited about that. The other thing that we are, we're expanding our footprint. So we're in all 50 states. We're in Canada. We're in the duty-free. That gives us some good international exposure in, in the Caribbean. And we are constantly feeling fielding calls from around the world, people who have heard about it or they've tasted it somewhere and want to get it in the UK or in Greece or in Italy. And my partners travel quite a bit. So I will often get text messages or photos of someone who has a <laughs> bottle. You know, they're standing next to the chef in Milan and I have a text, when are we coming to Milan, right? So yeah, international expansion. I think that from a category standpoint, I think we're in the sort of the first or second inning of the game, or I should say first quarter of the game. And, uh, yeah, by far the United States is the largest tequila market globally, um, but there's so much room to grow. And it's the whiskey market, the cognac market is bigger than the tequila market in the state. So there's more room to grow here. And I think a tequila like Sincoro, because it has a very approachable taste profile, we do get a lot of cognac drinkers and whiskey drinkers who gravitate towards Sincoro. But there's room to expand globally. And I think that the category is going to continue. I saw a, uh, an actually figure today that... They're estimating by 2029, it'll be a $15.5 billion industry. So pretty exciting. Yeah, I believe it. And just from seeing, uh, we had on uh, John Paul DeGuria. Uh, oh, sure. I mean, we sold the business for $5 billion. Yes. You know, it's and, and then, of course, I remember with the Casamigos story. I mean, it's just incredible when you do build such a great brand. And it seems like you're on your way. What I'm most impressed with, a lot of folks who talk or have this type of knowledge are 20, 25-year vets like in an industry. How did you both, and Amelia, how do you, do you just immerse yourself yes. in the business? Is yes. it, <laughs> Wick's yes. laughing here for yes. those of you who can. It's I mean, super I, relaxing. I, <laughs> I'm like, my wife, it's 1130 at night and yes. she's in the home office with yes. the, you know, the lights burning. And, you know, it's great. It's like being in college. They're all nighters. <laughs> there uh, look, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for sure. And we've got a great team. I'm so blessed to be able to work with such incredible people you know, starting with my partners, but the team at Sincoro, we've just, the leadership team is 
a phenomenal and every single person we've hired, the passion is in their veins and, and they're great. And, you know, and I, I do have a a real sense of responsibility to grow a company, give people career paths and opportunity. And I take that very seriously. And do you have plans? I know you had mentioned, obviously the United States and um, Canada and moving more towards uh, international in scope. I want to ask, you probably do, because everything I ask, you seem to have an answer for already, but where are, do you have a set kind of game plan for where you are going next countries or into different destinations? And I know it's a little tricky now with everything going on in the world, but are you that far out? We look at, there are certain countries that are already starting to show some trends in tequila drinkers. And so we we look at that and uh, are really going to take that move in a very methodical way in terms of where the opportunities are and what the execution strategy is and, you know, the return on investment. So that is all underway, 100%. As a Celtics governor, I've got to tell you, that was an awesome answer. It's like, they say, do you like this player? Or are you going to re-sign this guy? It's like, we like all our players and we never talk about contracts or free agency before it's done. So that was unbelievable. That was NBA quality. Well, I, I, you know, I will tell you what I'm most, one of the things I'm most excited about is I keep going back to this because it is really the, the basis of the entire project is the liquid. And, and because the taste profile is so approachable, we can uh, cast a very wide net. And so when you're trying to enter into international markets who don't have an already set appreciation for tequila like they do here in the United States, it's very helpful. Yeah, I would imagine. And I, I bet it's coming just from what I've seen here and uh, personally. And, you know, it's interesting because you both have done so much in your careers and WIC, you have done incredible things. And from once you started with the Celtics and building them up, even it's a hard organization to to buy with a lot of pedigree, a lot of championships, but you were able to do that. How do you find time now really with the Spirits brand or are you kind of leaning on the, the person to your right. Oh, yeah. You're, you're asking me. Yeah, I don't. How uh, do you find the time to try out this tequila? Uh, uh, Amelia's, like, <laughs> Amelia's like, you guys lost last night and you're still here at the house. Why aren't you like at the practice? And so anyway, she's mystified as well. And, and apparently you are. But I do find <laughs> in the time. But I have an amazing group. I've got 20 partners at the Celtics in ownership. And so I was somebody that didn't have the funding to buy the Celtics. I just had the idea and was able to put it together with a bunch of Bostonians and we were all true fans and I mean we just and we're all together 20 years later which is really something else so that that was that's not a story of one person for sure and and it's a story of building off the the Celtics legacy and just doing everything we possibly could to out of Celtic pride as opposed to anything to do with dollars and cents and so because of my great partners I was able to do it that way that's the secret to the Celtics is not keeping score any other way than how the team is doing don't keep score in the bank account or anything else like that. And that, that sounds self-promotional, but it, there's it's authentic. And so I think the same thing shows through here with the tequila. Michael's like, I want to make the best tequila 
I've ever tasted. And Amelia's is like, you know, we're in and let's make it for ourselves and then see what happens. And so just like Amelia said, so you find a time when everything's sort of authentic and it's just, yeah. you don't have to then agonize about your decisions because you instinctively know I got to work. I got to bring Red Auerbach back to the team. He had been sidelined and first thing was bringing him back as team president and then listening to him and learning for four years, which was, was heavenly. It was, it was, it was a gift, uh, a blessing. And and so then what would red do is kind of the motto and and the same thing here with our group. I mean, we sort of feel like we know what to do because there's only one choice if you're trying to do things right. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible when you talk about that and bringing red back and just to go to the story behind acquiring the Celtics, as I alluded to before and now being 50, you were 41. And what was it? How were you able to put this group together and acquire this team? And it it sounds like, you know, from your standpoint, growing up being, I mean, that's the dream of so many of us, but you did it. Well, I had a, a lot of help from people listening to me and jumping on board, and I really appreciate them. And then, uh, but just, just you know, Boston born and raised, born in Worcester, Mass, and raised just outside of Boston, and and just felt that I wanted to. I'd been on a team sport in college, and we had really worked hard for four years, and it ended up really well for us. And those days were in the distant past, but I wanted to get back to that feeling of competing for a championship, and so. That was the purpose of finding the Celtics owner. Uh, the Celtics were publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange right. at the time, so the numbers were available. But it, it gives me, I feel so lucky because anybody could have seen those numbers and a bunch of people probably did, but I i found the guy's phone number and, you know, <laughs> right made, got a, that's the number and, and was able to meet him. He's a wonderful person. And I said, would you consider an offer for the team? He said, it's not for sale. I said, is there a crazy number? And he said, well, I suppose there's a crazy number. Maybe it's because he was publicly traded he felt like he had to entertain this named a crazy number and to my surprise and to his i said well okay let's let's (laughs) do that in three months maybe we were both surprised but i said i'll shake hands right you right now i'll wire you this deposit and and we'll close in three months would that would that be acceptable and he said uh sure and so before you knew it uh before i knew it really i had a signed contract by the celtics so then i was able to take that around boston and say folks uh this is the last boston team that is going to sell in our lifetimes yeah and it's going to sell on December 31st. And I'd, I'd love you to come in and we're going to be partners and we'll share anything that comes in all across the table. But we're really going to do it to try to win. And let's go let's go uh, hang another banner. And it worked. And and as I say, my, my unbelievable partners are still with me 20 years later. And I'm the luckiest guy in the world. You know, it's so funny. I Being in sports and having been in sports, I grew up rooting for these teams. And then I meet all the people who either work for the teams that I grew up hating or the players and they always turn out to be the best people. (laughs) It's, it's like, Oh, so uh, Robert, are we converting you to a Celtics fan? You know, it's going to be hard. I'll have to admit you. Robert, Let me just see if this helps. This is, (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't know. Recently you've seen one of these in New York, but (laughs) no, not in a long time. Uh, I have even more troubles with the jets. So I I don't even, I can't even go there, but I will say I definitely a Sincoro fan because there is no doubt what you are doing and what you are creating. And now meeting you, Amelia, really hearing the story 
I have no doubt that what you said you're planning to do, you are going to do. And it's it really is incredible what you have developed and, and built so far. And I want to ask, is there is there anything you think of now just in terms of the future? Like, I know we couldn't have predicted COVID, but again, that was maybe helpful in a way. But is there anything now that does keep you up at night or, or worries you while you're building this business? You know, we do think we we certainly think about the long term, but for us, it's the day to day blocking and tackling and doing the basics that it needs. We need to do to raise awareness around this brand and get people to try it. And we've got lots and lots of activities along that, those lines. And the most satisfying part for us is that it's working. You know, what we hoped and dreamed was going to happen was that people would love it as much as we do. And it's quality. It's it's really of the highest quality. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less from the group of uh, owners that you have. And now seeing how much, you know, it, it's so great to see because, you know, we get a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and people think, oh, they're successful, you know, they never went through challenges or or they're successful because of X. And, and seeing you and hearing 24-7 on top, how much you're reading, how much you're putting into this, things, no matter what I've learned from interviewing folks like yourself, and like, it doesn't matter. If you don't put in that time, effort, work, and have that passion, it's it not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, and and I think, you know, a great example of that is when you watch The Last Dance, it is about hard work that gets you to that point of greatness. And there aren't any shortcuts. And we do it all, all at Syncoro. You know, we were, I was involved in putting the stopper together down at the uh, factory and watching the first bottles get filled and making, you know, figuring out how many pallets were going to be on a truck. And, you know, and that's what that's, you know, the experience I think you need as the CEO to be to understand every aspect of the business. And as CEO, Amelia, it's is completely hands on and everything about tequila is in the deep center of Mexico. All of the blue Weber blue agave is grown in Jalisco State and it is harvested there. It is you have to wait. You have to find the best and not the young green, you know, but the well aged Six-year-old yeah. plants. The family—it's a third generation, or now maybe fourth generation family. One of them, probably the most awarded distillery in Mexico, has become our partners, our family members. We went to a family wedding. Wow! Yeah. And uh, we feel like family. You know, it's—it's it's like our five partnership here has expanded to include the distillery family and yeah. and the bottling family yeah. that's in Mexico City the, one of the world's largest glass factories is in Mexico City with um not that necessarily the latest technology but handcrafted and beautiful bottles but you you bottle your tequila in Mexico as well you don't you can't bottle it anywhere else you can't ship it across the border and then bottle it and every batch is inspected by the Mexican government so it's getting that all done thousands of miles away and really in a completely different culture and really just goes down and makes it happen. Anyway, so it's uh, that's when you taste Sincoro, you're tasting a lot of effort Handcraft. and handcrafted, you know, you're tasting and it's um, been a team hopefully effort. the best. We have a great yeah. team at the company. 
And what are your favorite, you know, if you had to pick, I get, it's, I know this is hard to do because I was it's tasting so them also last night and they're all good. <clears throat> but if I had to say, do you each have a personal like go-to? I have a personal go-to depending on the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> for breakfast? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was tasting it. Wait, so so Michael and I actually taste every batch before we bottle to um, ensure the quality and consistency. And I had gotten a sample delivered and we were running out. It was 6.30 in the morning and I was sipping tequila and he turns around and goes, that, is that tequila? I said, I'm working. <laughs> no, it's it's right like when I'm, I'm working when I'm watching a basketball game. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was at a, I played golf the other day at a nearby club, just as a guest, a really, really nice club. And afterward, uh, we went in, we had a drink after the round and there are, you know, 50, 60 members in this club and they're all drinking Sincoro Southsides. So it's, it's Blanco and a little bit of, you know, lemon and a little spritz and it's in a little mint and it's the most delicious. So that's my new, that's my new go-to is the Sincoro Southside. Well, the way we like to drink it, Robert, is typically either neat or with one large rock and a slice of orange. Oh, orange. Okay. It's not lime and salt. No, the that's orange. That's interesting. And that's how we were taught to drink it by Michael. And it really, that orange brings out the natural caramel and vanilla undertones, sweetness in our, our tequila. And it's delicious. And yet that repo that you like makes an amazing old fashioned. So I would and take just, that's another yeah. twist on this whole thing. Yeah is uh, put some bitters, maybe a little bit of agave nectar, and you'll have an old-fashioned and you will love it. And and by the way, Robert, the Reposado won two double gold medals, which is the absolute highest accolades you can get. It's amazing. Like, just going back to the medals real quickly, and I know we're we're running out of time and, and appreciate this, this incredible story, but getting all those medals, I mean, that's a blind, you know, no one knows your partners. No one right. knows. They, they, this is your tasting and you're doing this. I mean, just going back to that moment, was that the moment you all felt you really had something? It was the moment that I felt we had something because our last tasting, when we had nailed the taste profile, we were all so excited and sort of high-fiving each other and everyone was so happy. And I'm sitting there going as a CEO, well, five people who like this tequila aren't quite enough. <laughs> we need a few more to like this tequila to really get this off the ground. And so when those awards came in, you know, we were we were thrilled. We were thrilled. Got it. And when I come up to the Boston I assume you're going to be serving it there. I know they're they're doing it. It's the official tequila now in LA, right? Yeah. At uh, Crypto Arena now. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I love that. It's and probably going to be T-Bill Arena before long. I don't know <laughs> crypto guys are going. <laughs> We're all going to be in trouble, but you're right. Wick, Amelia, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this brand. I, I wish you nothing but success and luck now knowing Amelia and I, I hope you guys go public one day so uh, we can invest or something along those lines. Cause I know you're going to do what you say. I could tell. Um, Robert, it's been a pleasure. You know, we've read your background and now getting to know you it's, there's obviously great reasons for your success as well. And you're, and you're uh, really uh 
a great conversationalist and, and podcast host, but uh, you've done a lot more. And so we're glad to welcome you uh, uh, to the Boro family. Coming from you, that means a ton. And I am definitely in that family. I might not have to become a Celtics fan. I hate to admit. We've got good seats for you. Just come just let me know. Uh, now. No I might have to. And I do. I love you know, and I'm sorry, the recent passing of, of Bill Russell. And I did read Cousy's book, which was inc- uh, incredible uh, read. And growing up, uh, my father, who's long past, uh, was, you know, big Red Auerbach fan and and would tell me about some of those teams. And I got to watch you know, all the Bird McHale teams destroy the Knicks back in the day. And uh you know what? Robert, now, you know, it sounds like you've always really been a Celtics fan. We're just uncovering it. <laughs> I, I, just let it, go. let it go. Just let it go. Relax. And you let it know go. what, Wick? You're so right because every team I root for is so terrible. Like from the Jets to like, I mean, can you imagine the misery? Son, like, why don't I just become a Patriot fan? I, I like Robert Kraft. Oh, like, sure. you, you know, yeah. like. Thank now I know you guys. You're really not supposed to change your allegiances. And there are great That's moments in New York sports as well. I'm just joking about it. And we respect you if you don't come on over. you got to at least come to a game. For sure. No, I, I will take I will tell you, though, as I said, you're right. It, you can't, whenever anyone says change your allegiance, it just, it's born. It's in it, unfortunately, I think, wrong <laughs> teams. But I will tell you one thing for a tequila drinker. You have definitely changed me. And as I've said this last year, I've been trying everything, all different bottles, items. And, you know, my wife last night when I was taste, she was like, oh, my God, I'm like, you have to try this. This is good. Like, not like, but and then I was comparing that to some of these bottles I had that are much more expensive than quality to me taste seem better i want to try the orange uh that's a great tip but i mean you're on your way uh you're already there but best of luck and really appreciate the time it's been great really great getting to know you robert thank you so much for uh giving us the opportunity to tell our story thanks Uh, terrific great getting to know you you too and that's our episode if you like what you heard please subscribe to how success happens wherever you get your podcasts We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning, and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost, and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at entrepreneur.com or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T, T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How Success Happens is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.